Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? from section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt, how you doing? We're doing this uh, 2.0. Yeah, uh, it happens. Even even when you're a veteran in this game and doing this podcast game for years, sometimes uh, the recording doesn't come out. Yeah, episode uh, 370 was a whole lot of fun. It just uh, did not like the uh, recording. It was very tough and awkward to listen to. If uh, So we just had to scrap it and start over. But it's okay because it seems like there are a whole lot of news popped out for it being uh, only 24 hours since we talked. Yeah, yeah, as far as playoffs, as far as players being injured, as far as players testing positive for COVID, I mean, wherever you want to go with it, we got, I mean, this has been kind of an insane start to the baseball season, right? Totally, yeah, and all, right, all in a season that's already going to be weird. Uh, So, of course, day one, hours before the first game, things get weird. And not to mention that opening day pitcher scratched, as well today for injury, yeah, it's just been a crazy day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hopefully, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it, but it kind of makes sense, right? Because it's been a a crazy year. So totally. let the craziness continue. Yeah. So yesterday we went through and kind of did some of our uh, Orioles season preview. So we'll get to that as well today, and uh, I'm excited to go through that. I've had some more thought. I like this. I had an extra day to think through my predictions so I can mix them up from yesterday because there's no record oh. of what I said yesterday. Oh, yeah, because I was ready to shoot down every one of your predictions from, yeah. from last time. Right, right. I know. So that's, uh, that, we'll get to that. And I, I, I know how you work. I know that you decided that you were going to come up with a way to make me look stupid based on knowing what my answers are. So my answers may have changed. Oh, well, I look forward to that. Uh-huh. So, all right. Um, but we've got baseball. Nationals and Yankees are playing as we record. So it's, it's just nice to have baseball back. Yeah. So. Uh, it is nice to have baseball back, Josh. I'm, I'm watching this um, Yankees-Nats game. Um, yep. First impressions of, of watching a game without fans, a regular season game. Yeah. When, uh, are, are, are you okay with this? I haven't seen any cardboard cutouts. I haven't, I guess they played some music. I don't know. Did they pump in noise for the Adam Eaton home run? I, I, I know they played some music as you ran on yeah, the bases. I know. What's your initial impression? Well, when Stanton hit his, hit his bomb in the first inning, it was uh, pretty boring. No celebration, no big celebration, just running around mm. the base. So I thought that was boring. When Eaton hit his home run, I enjoyed it because you heard Cole curse. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, mic, the mic okay. picked Cole up cursing. So that was fun. Yeah. I really like it. I, I don't find it boring at all. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm enthralled by it. I think it's fascinating. 
Um, I really enjoy the crack of the bat, how you can hear the yes. ball crack off the bat. I think there's a great sound that you really don't get to hear that much when you're watching a game. I agree. I'm going to enjoy the crack of Chris Davis's bat throughout the year. Are you? Um, so I, I think it's really cool. I, I love no fans. I'm into it. Are you surprised that the announcers are not in the stadium? Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, whenever the discussion turns to announcers, we touched on this a little bit um, at the podcast and no one ever heard. I, I just, I can't bring myself to care. You could put the podcasters on the freaking moon. I don't care. You, um, I, I don't care who's, I mean, I'm, I'm there to watch the game. I don't really care who's talking. I don't like A-Rod, doesn't matter. I'm there to watch the baseball game. And, and who cares if they're announcing from their living room, if they're now announcing from the, their parents' basement. Well, after the game, I don't care. But you care, Josh? I just think it's odd. I think it's weird to me what we choose to social distance and what we choose not to social distance. So here we've got a stadium that holds 30,000, 40,000 plus employees, plus teams. And we've decided that having two announcers in their homes is safer than having them like doing play-by-play from the bleachers or something. Like, you know, there's, there's plenty of spots in this stadium that you could put them. And you're doing it from home. So I just find it, I just find the whole thing odd. But I kind of find a lot of things about the coronavirus and how we handle it as humans odd and as Americans odd. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. We, we pick and choose the social, where we care about social distancing. We kind of pick and choose our spots. Right, exactly. Um, and I, it's weird. I do think and I hope that now that baseball is back and I think, it's, I think the WNBA starts this weekend. And the NBA is that next weekend, so like yep. sports are coming back. Golf is in yes. here somewhere. NASCAR came back like last week doing, or something. Yeah, yeah. NASCAR's been back. Uh, Hockey's coming soon. I don't even know where right, it is. Right, right. Uh, so football got rid of preseason, but nobody cared about preseason anyway. So um, I just hope that bringing all these sports back kind of helps bring our country back. I feel like things have been so weird. And then also all this unrest in the nation that it's like we need something normal back. And for a lot of us, that's sports. And sports brings us together, all different types of people. So I'm hoping now, even with the Orioles and not going to win so many games, we can still come together as Oriole fans. And it give us something to do on a Friday night or a Tuesday night, Wednesday night to watch something else rather than focusing on the virus or the, or the social issues or the news. Sports is a wonderful distraction that bonds people together. Hey, listen, I don't know if our, Josh, mine and your relationship can last if all we're talking about is politics all day. I don't know if we can survive that. So we need <laughs> sports as, as, as both a break from politics, but also like here is something we have in common, which we never disagree on right in that we bleed orange and we love the orioles yeah uh and, and so we always have that in common um and like we have that in common with even people on twitter whose politics i don't agree with and i get annoyed that they post so many poli- pol- pol- political things on my little sports twitter yes um and and so now we get more sports and less the politics so um, i'm i'm a fan of that i think you know um many of my us relationship with my dad's the same way like we, i just can't handle all because right now it seems like politics consumes all our conversations and all our relationships, and now sports can, can right. find that place we, in there, which I appreciate. We as a as Americans have fallen down to the point where it's like whether or not you go shopping is a political decision. 
and yeah. what you wear when you go out that doors is a political decision. So unless suddenly it's going to be what baseball team you root for depends whether you support or are against Trump. I think we can all just focus on sports. Let's yeah. calm down a little bit. Life is uh, life is too short, too valuable to focus on all this energy on politics. Yeah, I want to go back to Rich Dubroff and his jer- uh, Jersey of the Night stuff. So we, yes. we look at what people are wearing based on how throwback they can go or how obscure they can go with, with their Larry Bigby uh, jerseys or whatever. Right, right. Um, and and, and uh, pointing out Hawaiian shirts in the, in the crowd. Though we can't do any fans' outfits attire now. But I'm no. still going to – I'm putting on all my Orioles gear for tomorrow's game. I don't know. I'm debating between caution wet floor, um, World Series 2023, or my Adley, Adley, Adley Rushman jersey. I'm debating which one to wear for tomorrow. Do you have an but, Adley Rushman yeah. jersey? Yeah, from from Delmarva when I oh, looked okay. at when I saw him at the, Del, Delmarva. That's pretty cool. Yeah, my plan was to get him a jersey from every stop that he's that that, that he's going to make. <laughs> Your Adley tour. So I was planning on going to Frederick and, and getting a jersey from there too, but we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Because spoiler alert for what you're going to talk about later in the podcast, um, he might skip Frederick and Bowie and Norfolk altogether. Oh, the Michael Elias news! Breaking oh, yeah, news we'll this week that. by Michael Elias. Can't wait to talk about that. It was my yeah. highlight of the week. Yeah, we'll get to that. But but no, we have a good show today. We're going to talk uh, Orioles predictions, MBOs, records, um, just just uh, who, uh, breakout players, some bold predictions. Yeah. I mean, uh, we got a fun show. Yeah, it's been it's one of those shows that what do we do this? Maybe maybe twice a year we have a nice fun bold prediction. It might even be just once a year. Is 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 our bold prediction show just 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 once a year? We I don't, don't think do, we do one for the Ravens. We don't yeah. do one for the Ravens, right? Yeah, we haven't. We should, but we haven't. Yeah. So in fact, uh, yeah. So today is our time now for bold predictions. But it's not time yet. We'll get to it. But we do. We've got the one button we use for one time a year, and it's been awesome. Bold predictions has been something since this podcast started. And so you can go back and find seven years of bold predictions. Some of them good, some of them a little too bold, but it's always yeah. fun. All right. Um, anything else, I guess? The other, oh, you know what else came out today is that we missed by, if we would have recorded the show yesterday, we missed that the Orioles put out their 30 man roster. So, yes. so we got to see that um, that Adley Rushman did not make the thirty man. That Ryan Mountcastle did not make the thirty man. Were you surprised? No, I, I said um, if you if you listen to the podcast, I said weeks ago that there's zero chance Ryan Mountcastle uh, will will make the the open thirty man roster because of of service time stuff and because he legitimately legitimately needs to work on his defense. I mean, the couple surprises are. Our best pitcher, uh, I guess it's not really surprising. I mean, there's been rumors, but our best pitcher, John Means, isn't on there. And our best bullpen guy, arguably, Hunter Harvey, is on there because yes. they're both on the injured list. Yep. Yeah. So that was, uh, I mean, I guess there's no, I don't think there was any real takeaway from the 30 man. No big I mean, surprises, that's... right? Well, well, a couple for you. I know you really liked Herrera, uh, how, how he played. That's true. That's true. Herrera not did not there. make the 30-man. And your pitcher, Eshelman, he didn't make the 30-man either. Um, I think we'll see both those guys at some point, Tom Eshelman and Herrera, at some point up here. 
but they did not crack the open in 30. Uh, 16 pitchers, five outfielders, seven infielders, and only two catchers. So it's the Severino and Cisco show. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, but that's also like, come on, how many catchers do you need? Two is fine. Especially when you have more weight and back end buoy if you need, really need them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, it's true. Um, and the, the, the other thing about Ryan Mankhouse, I just want to say, I, for everyone says, or the, the, this is what, what's going around, that it's, it's about seven days or seven games that a player needs to miss to get a whole other year um, out, of, out of that player. So Ryan Mancastle, it could be that he just week. misses a week and then they call him up. Okay, I'm done with that. Though Michael Elias might do some nonsense where he holds him down like two weeks just to prove to everybody that he wasn't just holding down him a week for the service time. All right, well, all right, let's talk about Michael Elias before we break this down because Michael Elias on Monday was... Uh, Monday, Madison did the broadcast of the Nats-Orioles game. I believe it was Monday, right? Yes. Monday. Yeah. Yeah. It was Monday or Tuesday. I believe it was Monday. Monday night. Yeah, Monday night. It was Monday. It was Monday. All right. And uh, Mike Bordick asked Michael Elias a very uh, stupid question. The type of question that you hear at, like, FanFest. Very uh, fan-type question. Not a question that an intelligent fan would ask, but a... Uh, how would you classify fanboy the question. fan? A fanboy question. So Mike Bordick said, sure. is there any chance... Uh, as Bryce Harper would say, that's a clown question, bro. Cl- yes, yes. A clown question would work as well for this. So Mike Bordick said, is there any... Um, is there any chance that Adley Rushman gets caught up in September this year? So yeah. clown question. And we, and we know the answer to this is no. Like, no. Like, there's no chance... People, there's no chance – the highest he's played is, is single A. There's no chance he's jumping from single A to the majors in a team that's rebuilding when we're not even trying to win. It's not about being majorly ready. It's not even about going through all the minor levels. It's like we're not trying to win this year. Right. So, no. Like, Adley Rushman has zero chance of making this roster this year. Okay. Well, like, Elias, what do you think? You know, there's a chance that we do call up Adley Rushman this September – Especially, I think we can, I, can see a, I can see a position where we are calling him up this September if we are making a playoff push in September. Mm. Mm. So, you know, let's tell the fanboy exactly what he wants to hear, that this crappy team has a shot and has a chance to, to make it in a playoff push in September. And this, yeah, was, so- this was before the 16-team expansion, which we'll get to in a little bit as well. Yeah, so Mike Elias' response that, that you know he might be caught up if we're in a playoff run is such a brilliant response on so many levels because it shows that Michael Elias is trying to win and he has playoffs in his mind even for this year. Like forget about it. He's not saying rebuilding. Like he's talking about playoffs this year. Yes. It's also a brilliant response because he's safe. You're not going to see Hadley Rushman because we're not making the playoffs. Right. So it's also like a safe response that like he's not going to have to eat his words late, later. But if he does have to eat his words, like all of a sudden if we're in the playoff run, then this is the most beautiful problem Michael Elias has ever had in his life. <laughs> right, right. We're like three years ahead of schedule. Um, and so it's just a great response. It, it's, it's the response as a fan that I want to hear because I want to hear him talk about playoffs. And I want to hear if, if we're in the playoff hunt, like we're going all in. I, lo- I love that. Um, and then the other side of me is like, but we're not going to be in the playoff hunt. 
so they're going to take it slow with with Adley Rushman. So it's just, so, I think it's the perfect response. And that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to take it slow with Adley Rushman. There's no way we're in a playoff hunt, even with the expanse of 16 teams. Yeah, maybe if they open it up to 28 teams, <laughs> right. we might be in the hunt. Yeah, yeah. Then we can compete with the Marlins and the Tigers for one yeah, of those bottom spots. Yeah, beat up the Royals, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just a weird, uh, weird question. I was surprised to hear it, and uh, but the brilliant, <laughs> brilliant answer. answer, brilliant answer. Yeah. I can't wait. Michael has Michael Elias done a fan fest. He hasn't done a fan fest yet, has he? I guess he did one. Because I want to see more of these questions like this with Michael Elias to see how he answers. Yeah, them. I mean, this past this past year, he well, there was nothing this past year. I guess. Well, you went to um, it this past year. It was like the uh, with the winter. The winter I went to Wonderland. the winter. Yeah, winter wonderland. And that was like he took questions, and I got my pictures. T- I got my pictures t- t- taken with him. Um. And so, yeah, yeah. I guess right, so I guess he has. Like so long ago, but yeah, it was this past December. So it was the same type of deal. Okay. All right, that's cool. If Except I, like with only ten people there. Yeah, because Michael Elias answered that question so brilliantly that like if I ever have him on section three thirty six, forget all the serious questions. I just want to ask fanboy questions and see how he handles it. Yeah. <laughs> when chance? is DL Hall being called up? When is yeah. Grace Rodriguez being called up? How about yeah. Manny Machado? Do you think we could? We really like Manny Machado here in Baltimore. Could we bring Manny Machado? Could you see him coming back to Baltimore? Yeah. You know, uh, but it also then made me concerned as I thought about it more yesterday. Then I'm like, wait a second. Michael Elias just tells fans what they want to hear. He's been saying Chris Davis has worked with a hitting coach and is bounced back and better. Is this real? What's going on here? You know, like, but then I don't think I can. I think Michael Elias handled it so brilliantly that there was not a lie in his answer. So it's not. Yeah, a, it's not an answer where you can say, "Oh, he was just saying that to appease someone." It was a brilliant answer. And Dan Duquette was the worst at this because because Dan, Dan Duquette, from the moment you asked the question, even if it was like, "Are you having a good day?" Like he would always try to talk around the question without answering the question at all. Even if it was like <laughs> uh, the orange uniforms aren't, he would laugh about it and then give some kind of comp- convoluted, exactly. complicated answer. I mean, that's that was clearly trying to like he didn't know when he could be honest and when he had to kind of obf- uh, obfuscate. He like he just would always, always be obtuse for the sake of being obtuse. No, this this laugh that and Elias is the opposite. This laugh that we have. <laughs> <laughs> Is in reference to a, someone asking him about Manny Machado coming up. Yeah. It's a Manny Machado question, and he responds by laughing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's totally different, and I love it. Yeah. So, there were similar circumstances, speaking of Manny Machado, when the Orioles called Manny Machado up straight from Bowie with very low experience at Bowie and, and even less experience playing third base, right? Only played two, one or two games yeah. there. And they called him up because we needed him for a playoff push, and it worked out really well. Um, and so let's hope that they things happen with Adley Rushman. I thought that was going to be next year. I think that's going to be next year. Right. We're going to call him up in August for the playoff push. To get ready um, for that 2023 World Series. That's right. Hey, I was looking at, I was thinking about this. This is my favorite thing about the um, Orioles roster this year. Right. This is a rebuilding team, right, who is trying to bring in young talent as we rebuild, right? And if you look at our starting pitchers, our ace, Tommy Malone, <laughs> is our opening day, <laughs> opening day starter, starter, Tommy Malone. Yes. Uh, I guess ace is not the right word. No. Um, 
is 33 years old. Alex Cobb is 32 years old. Wade LeBlanc, 35 years old. Asher Wojciechowski, 31 years old. And then John Means, our, our, our rookie sensation from last year, is 27 years old. Right. Who says so, this is a young man's game? Yeah, so all our starting pitchers in this rebuilding team are over 30. And our youngest pitcher is, is it, well, there's only one under 30, and that's John Means at 27. The rest are well over 30. And right. so it's just funny to me. But then I was looking at, here's what I do, Josh, because you know where my mind goes with this. All right. Uh, we're trying to imitate kind of what the Houston Astros have done minus the, the bang on trash. Right, minus the cheating. <laughs> exactly. They won their first World Series in 2017. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so if, if you look at kind of their, um, their, their pitching staff based on, you know, based on three years prior to that, 2014, um, it's, not, it's not a pretty picture. I mean, you, you got guys out there like Scott Feldman out there. Um, hold on, I just let me pull it up. Um, here, here's their here's yeah. their kind of starting rotation. Dallas Keuchel, who I consider him like the John Means, kind of their ace. But after them, they had they had Scott Feldman, who was in his thirties. No, they were. Um, they, they had this were, guy called Brett Oberholzer. They were very um, much a defense and small ball type team versus the Nats, who just put some amazing pitching out there. Yeah, but but I'm saying even like three years ago. Three years prior to them winning their first World Series, their their starting rotation is kind of a joke, right? Yeah, sure. Like it comes, it can come together quick, and none of these starters. Well, John Means, John Means, he's the only starter that will still be around when we make that push to the World Series in twenty twenty three. Like definitely, John Means is it. And so these other guys, like I don't know, like go out and do your thing um, to Asher Wojciechowski and. And Tom Malone and Wade LeBlanc, like have fun out there, kids, and Alex Cobb, but they're not part of the future. No, no, um, and that's why they're they're, they're just whole, whole, they're whole holdovers until the young pitchers, the prospects get here. Yeah, and they know that they understand that. That's why they are. That's why they're not um, opting out or anything this season because they know they got to prove themselves to get a contract for next year, whether it's with the Orioles or someone else. So everyone understands yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you're right, Josh, in that everyone has to kind of prove it. Um, but I think there's a couple of players whose careers are on the line this year for this 60 game season. All right. Like there's a couple of guys who I could see, I could project to them being part of the 2023 world series championship, or I could also see them being done after this year and never making the major league squad again. All right. So you're talking about um, Chris Davis. No, no, Josh. Um, whenever, whenever I talk about any players, <laughs> it's, it's never, never Chris, Chris Davis because I don't right. care about Chris Davis. All right. Then you are talking about Anthony Santander. Yeah. No, I see. He, he's, I mean, I think he's a, like oral fans are, are on him. Like they think he's going to be good. I think Anthony Santander is going to be part of this team. Even if he has a down year, I think he's the favorite coming into next year. The guy who I think is playing for his career this year is DJ Stewart. As far as outfielders, yeah, sure. Because that. He, there's, there's guys nipping at his heels. Yes. Eugenio Diaz is right behind him. Um, we just drafted a, a right fielder. You're going to have 
Trey Mancini in the outfield back. Ryan Mountcastle is trying to play outfield. And I feel like there's it was cool. four, yeah. three, four, five years ago that we interviewed him in Bowie when he was fairly young and uh, a hot prospect coming up, and he's still not, he still hasn't made the impact yet. Yeah, I mean, here, here's a guy who was drafted out in the first round out of Florida State. Um, he, he's a guy that's always been kind of, I mean, and this going all the way back to 2012, right? It's been, so he's been in the system eight years now. Um, and he was drafted out of college, so he's not even like a Miley guy. He's 26 years old now. Um, he's, making, he's making not his first appearance in the, in the majors. He, he played a little bit last year. Um, he's known for kind of that goofy play in the outfit where the ball bounced off his head. <laughs> that's not um, what you want to be named, known for. Yeah, so and he had a small sample size. When he was drafted, uh, small he, was, sample. When he, was drafted yeah, he was known for this low, really low crouch at the plate. Now he's known for a ball bouncing off his head. He's got, yeah. he's got to make some uh, actual baseball moves and get some attention. Yeah, uh, but, but I mean, he's known for getting on base, and we didn't see it much last year. Um, but, but he's known for high, high OBP, um, kind of finding ways to take it on base. He's not going to hit for a ton of power, um, so he, he needs to get on base a lot. And if you're playing a corner outfield position, that's kind of known for a power, a power bat, right? Yeah. You really need to be able, able to get on base. That helps. And I think, I think, um, I don't know. I expect, and maybe this is a bold prediction. I don't know, but I expect him to be to get more starts in left field um, than anyone else this year. Um, and so, this is his chance. Um, he's not going to have another chance like this next year. More outfielders coming in. Trey Mancini is coming back. Hopefully, Ryan Matt will be there. So, like this is. DJ Stewart, your one time to show that you can be a high OBP, a competent outfielder, and enough to stick around, if not an everyday outfielder, at least like a fourth outfielder. Because if he doesn't get the job done in these 60 games, I don't think he's going to get a, a, another shot. Yeah, the problem is this is a 60-game season, so it's just a small sample side across the board. So if DJ Stewart really gets into a slump and one of these other guys starts hitting the ball really well, you're going to see him not get that much playing time. And he could, you could really blow this um, this year with just one, one or two slumps. And you could blow your chance to yeah. be part of this future. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and another, it's interesting there. I say that, though. I mean, we saw a guy who made a 30-man who I was a little surprised is Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins, who went from a couple years ago, the Adam Jones' replacement, right? The heir apparent Adam Jones, to being demoted last year, AAA. Then all the way down to double A and struggling kind of at every level, and yet he he has another chance this year. So really an interesting um, yeah. year for you, um, for for Mullins, and I you know I wish him the best. Do you think that Mullins made the roster because he had his hot summer camp? You think it, it's all based on that for like whatever the past two three weeks he's been hitting the ball really good and and he's got that range in the outfield that you can use him in center field. Yeah, yeah, I think it's for the defense. Though Austin Hayes is your everyday center fielder, right? I know, but but uh, but all of the speeds, like I think he can. I mean, I don't know how exactly. Maybe you can explain this to me. How the extra innings work, as far as oh, I didn't even think about that. That's second a good base, idea. but Cedric Mullins adds speed, so he could be that guy you sub in to 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 yeah, start you second. Pinch hit. Yeah, because I don't know who gets in. Is it is it like softball rules, like last out? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is that. It's something like that the last <laughs> out. It's so weird that Major League Baseball could not come up with a better way to decide than the way softball has done it for years for uh, old men softball. 
Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think so. DJ Stewart. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I think the other thing that helps Cedric Mullins is Stevie Wilkerson getting hurt. Because I think Stevie Wilkerson would have had that spot because he's more, he can play anywhere. He's that utility guy. Yeah, we don't have anyone else, I don't think. I mean, maybe Velasquez, but who who can play center field um, outside of Austin Hayes? Um, The other guy who I think this year is huge for. And this is just like, I don't know. Like maybe his time has passed and it's not a huge year from it all. Like maybe his time has just passed. Um, but I think it's a really, this is kind of like a last shot for Chancisco. I can see that. So you're saying Adley's, Adley's down there. Adley's getting prepared. Adley's clearly the future. So Chancisco, again, a prospect that's came up, has just kind of been a disappointment. Nothing flashy, nothing special. So we can always bring in a veteran that can sit behind and help out Adley Rushman. So what proved to us that you are valuable to this team in the future, I guess? Yeah, yeah, because he's not going to hang around just as, as um, Adley's backup because Chancisco sucks defensively, right? The reason he was supposed to, um, um, the reason he was one of our top prospects and the reason people thought he could be a good major league everyday player was because of his hit tool. Yet in the majors, he's played parts of three seasons and he has a batting average in those three seasons combined of 203. 203, that's his batting average. Yeah, And, and that's so that's, crazy. it was 12 home runs. So that's just over, almost, over three seasons that add up to about one total season as far as games played. And that's not, that's not going to get done. Like, Chancisco, you, you, you're there because you can hit. So you, you have to hit. If you hit, you can find a spot, whether it's backup or whether we find a spot from his DH or second base. Like, we can work with you, Chance. But you got to hit the ball. Or even, like, I don't know, trade bait or something. But right now, nobody wants Chancisco. And this is kind of, I think, his last chance to say, hey, I can be an everyday major league player, whether for the Orioles or somebody else. Um, though this year is going to split time with, with Pedro Severino again. But this is gonna, I think this might be his last chance to really get a, a lot of at-bats. Sure, sure. Can you explain to me, as we go through the roster, why Tommy Esch- Eshelman did not make the squad? That he didn't make it even as a, a reliever? Is it because they don't want him in the bullpen and they're trying to work with him more to be in a starting rotation? Yeah, I mean, that's a good theory. Like, I don't know, you might want to hold some starters back. Because remember, um, he's, he's who they had come up and pitch, what was it, Sunday in place of John Means? Saturday, right, Sunday, really well. Yeah, and he pitched well yeah. in Pittsburgh. So I was very surprised to see that he did not make the 30-man. The yeah um i don't know what i mean i don't think he was on the 40 man so it had been added to 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 to, to, okay. to the 40 man all right um well it just seems weird that they let him start one of those games in the past week and then he's not a candidate for the 30 man that seems weird but yeah he, and there's enough pitchers on there oh there's that there's half six, of them are pitchers 16. yeah, yeah or, over half so i don't know i, I mean I, I don't know how yeah, I don't know how you distinguish from the 15th pitcher to the 16th. Right, and remember, the 30-man roster then shrinks to 28 and then 26. It gets smaller as the season goes on. Yeah, and if there's any indication from what kind of the, these last two days, um, we've seen these last two days, is there's going to be a lot of injuries. I don't know if this is, it seems like there's a, a above average number of injuries. I don't know, compared to other years. Um, but 
But yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how long they'll, they'll go with Cole Sulser, right? Or, right. Or, or, or Travis Lakins. I, oh, okay. I, I mean, I feel like so he could be, they're burn, so interchangeable. I don't know. Burn these guys out in the first week and then move on. Yeah, it could be. It could be that, right? Like, I mean, how long is Wade LeBlanc thirty-five? Yeah, you just don't know. Um, All right. I, I mean, and I don't know how flexible they're going to be. Like, are they going to have Wade, Wade LeBlanc throw sixty games and then set send him down and send someone else up so you have a fresh arm? Since you really don't need Wade LeBlanc all that much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And the whole coronavirus thing too. Like, well, yeah. I was thinking about this. Juan Soto missed. I mean, if you get coronavirus, you're missing almost a third of the season. Right? No. No. You don't know how that works? You miss 14 days. So that's, right. that's a one quarter of the season. Okay. 14 days from when you test positive, or, and then assuming that after 14 days you test negative. So a quarter of the season still. I don't know. I mean, I think, haven't we learned over the past three, four months, nobody knows how this virus works? How does Juan Soto get the virus? And not any other nationals, and no Orioles, and, and not, no one else gets it but one guy. I mean, is he going out to nightclubs all by himself after these games? I don't understand how one guy can get it. Um, or are we going to see in the next few days other nationals get it? Like, there was always the fear that this would run rampant through a locker room. But one guy, when everyone else is clean, sounds pretty good. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, if you want. It's true. Like the NBA, there's been no one. The MLB, yes. MLB has been hardly anyone. It's been impressive. It's amazing what when you just kind of take precautions, how how you can kind of solve this thing. Yeah. But the other thing is, if you want me to just be scared of the virus, um, you shouldn't have like the only people that publicly get the virus are athletes in their 20s because all of them are oh, yeah. asymptomatic and fine. <laughs> right. And so if all you pay attention to is these athletes getting getting. You think, oh my gosh. What, what's the big deal here, people? Right. Soto had no symptoms. He just got his normal test, and they yeah, said, oh, you're positive, go home. The same with Puig, the same with all these guys. Yeah, exactly. Puig, I mean, Freeman's the only one that stands out as who had symptoms. No, and uh, we had for the Orioles, it was Santander and Dwight Smith Jr., and they both yeah. had it like before reporting to camp or whatever. Yeah, and Santander was like, yeah, I had a little bit of cough or something. <laughs> right, exactly. It right. didn't really fit that set. Yeah, it doesn't really fit into the uh, narrative of wear a mask because you can die. <laughs> it, it falls yeah. way more in the narrative of, oh, this is being overblown by the media. Yeah. If you have to choose a side, because we've discussed before, there is no longer a gray area in society. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's happening to guys in their 20s and early 30s who are in the best shape of their lives. So that also might have something to do with it. But, yeah. Right. Um, um, more on this roster. Who is the DH for this team this year? Um, who are the DHs? I, I mean, Renato Nunez, I think, is the guy. Just, I would guess, I guess that the makes most sense. DH spots. Right. Because I was just looking, and for as far as we've got like four outfielders, four or five outfielders, but we really only have a, a like our utility guys aren't really guys you want to see play every day at a position. Andrew Velasquez and Paul Velocki. they're not guys yeah. that you want like in your infield. Yeah, it seems like around the diamond every day, I would expect to see Chris Davis at first, Alberto at second, Jose Iglesias at short, Rui Ruiz at third. Right. They might experiment with Renato Nunez at third, some too. Right. And, and then, then Renato Nunez as at DH. 
And then your outfield, Austin Hayes is going to be your everyday center fielder. Yeah. And then the corner outfielder is going to be Anthony Santander. And then I guess, I mean, DJ Stewart is going to be uh, – and Dwight Smith are going to be out there fighting. Right. You got Dwight Smith and Cedric Mullins out there too fighting. So you're going to see some rotations in that outfield. I don't know if they go lefty-righty or how they figure it out. Well, that's the thing, right? Because, I mean, look at that outfield. D- Dwight Smith is left as a lefty. DJ Stewart is a lefty. Santander is a switch hitter. Right. Cedric Mullins is a switch hitter. So the only <laughs> one who's really a righty is Austin Hayes. Good point. And that's the guy that you're going to put in every day unless he's really slumping. Yeah, Austin. so I don't know. It's, it's going to be curious to see who plays. I mean, if, if, it's, if, if Santander is your everyday corner outfielder, right or left, are they going to go with Dwight Smith or DJ Stewart right. every day in that other spot or just kind of rotate them every day? Yeah, you're right. Or are they going to put Santander at some kind of DH spots or something? Uh, right. So you can see what you have in DJ Stewart and Dwight Smith. I mean, i got to be honest. Dwight Smith Jr. doesn't do much for me. He's good at the show, which is cool. <laughs> right. He's, He's good at the video personality. Game. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, uh, as a baseball player, it just, he hasn't been that impressive to me. I, I agree. He's been just a guy. Nothing special. Yeah. So you mentioned the two guys that need big years for the future of their careers. But I think when I look at this roster, the guy that stands out as like, it's his chance to shine is Austin Hayes. Like this is this his year to become the face of the organization. Yes. Right. If yeah, if you were look at just the thirty man right now, who who's actually on the team? Um, Austin Hayes to me is the best baseball player on the team. And is the, that crazy and, to say? I and, think that's true. Austin Hayes to me is the best player on the team right now. John Means is on the IL. Hunter Harvey's on the IL. So take them out of the picture. And position players, that's usually the face of the position player. Austin Hayes is the best guy on the team right now. I think that's true. Santander, maybe, but I think it's Austin Hayes. Austin Hayes, maybe, if you told me to write out the roster for the 2023 Orioles, who on this team is still here playing in 2023, Austin Hayes might be the only guy I write in. Him and John Means, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the bullpen is a whole nother, whole kind of mess, like Cody Carroll, um, Tanner Scott, yeah, Hunter Harvey, those hard-thrown guys could all be parts of this. Yeah, but I don't um, know. Yeah, yeah, but they're all wild cards. I guess, yeah, Hunter Harvey, if he gets comes back off the DL, I see him as the future closer. So yeah, yeah I, I think Tanner Scott's going to be awesome, too. I, I'm a huge Tanner Scott guy. He's got, um, he's got the I, power. He's just got to get that control, and then it could be very interesting. I'd, the Orioles, with Tanner Scott and Hunter Harvey on the back end of the bullpen, that's got the potential to be like the, the Yankees back end of the bullpen to really shorten games up. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's other interesting arms in there like Cody Carroll and Miguel Castro if he can never figure it out and Evan Phillips. Um, but, but yeah, I think you're right. Especially position player-wise. Um, I think Austin Hayes, Santander, I think is also a guy likely, but I think Austin Hayes is if you were to say there's one guy who really for confidence is going to be in the 2023 team it's Austin Hayes, then Santander, then maybe, I don't know, Nunez, maybe, Ruiz, maybe, but yeah. I don't know. Alberto, maybe, I don't know. But yeah, Austin Hayes is the guy. He's the man. Yep. Um, all right, 16 game, 16 teams in the playoffs. So that's eight American League teams. Have you looked into how they do this? Have they even announced yet how they're going to do it? Like, are the first four teams... Single game wild cards? Is it all two ga- three game series? Have you have they even announced this stuff yet? It was so last minute 
and so weird because it seemed like it made sense for the players and the owners, maybe not for the fans, but for players and owners, it made sense to expand the 16. So it was very odd that they waited until the night before uh, the season starts to start talking about this. Yeah, I hate it with a passion. I mean, I, I love the idea of it's really hard to make the playoffs. And I understand like it's better for players, it's better for owners, it's more money. It's better. get all that. It's and that's better, why it's better yeah. for your general fan. Yeah, for the average fan. Like, I mean, we, we yeah. As as guys who are not really NBA or NHL fans, we can get excited and get into those sports in the playoffs. But I see if you're a diehard fan of one of those sports, it seems like it waters it down at that point. Waters down the regular season. Yeah, and you, you, I mean, you, 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 ne- you never see the league kind of constrict the playoffs. They're always expanding playoffs. Right, right. Um, which, which I get from their perspective. But from my perspective, like, well, I want to earn a playoff berth. Like, when the Orioles had a run where they made, made a playoff three years, like, that was awesome because it's so hard to make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and so when you do it, it's like it's a cause for celebration. Yep. I, I don't celebrate when the Wizards are the eighth seed in the in the in the NBA uh, Eastern Conference. They don't celebrate that. I know. Um, but it's really cool when the when the Orioles make the playoffs. And so I don't like the watering down. And then there's some nonsense about picking. You get to pick your opponent if you're a top seed. I don't know. All right. Well, yeah. I don't know. They're always trying to be uh, creative and come up with something. I don't know. I look at it as well in the NFL. We have we still get excited if you're a late entry because anything can happen, and I think I kind of feel good about it. The 16 for this season because it's 60 games. It's weird. Try it out. Uh, it kind of assures that like a good team can't just have a bad week and have their season ruined with the 60 game. It helps in that regard. But I, my fear is that just like the DH, that it's this way for the future, and it's not just a oh, one yeah. season thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I've always, I've said from the beginning, I'm, I'm up with like bring on the weird. It's a shortened season. Bring on the weird. But the problem is, I just said it, Josh. They never constrict the playoffs. They right. only expand the playoffs. So you're telling me they're going to make a lot more money this year, and then say, no, we want we want to make less money next year, so we're going to have less teams in the playoffs. That's not going to happen. Right. When we were kids, there were four teams in the playoffs, and yeah. and now there's sixteen. Yeah. So um, it's yeah, it's something now. Granted, 16, I'm still going to say the Orioles don't have a shot at it. And I want to know what that does to the trade deadline. If suddenly there's 16 slots, that's going to put about 25 teams that think they have a shot to get in that slot. So then the only teams that are trading are going to be teams like us and the Tigers and stuff. So maybe that pushes up the trade value for our pitching staff that we don't want. Yeah, I don't. It's going to be weird, right? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, or or maybe teams will think it's such a crapshoot with so many teams in the playoffs that I'm not going to give away prospects for this one kind of crapshoot yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be really curious to see how how GMs react in a shortened season. And maybe, hopefully, this is something that Michael Elias can take advantage of. But it also might be something where teams aren't very active right. at the trade deadline yeah. because of the craziness. One more uh, surprise before we get into real deep Orioles prediction time. Uh, Mookie Betts, were you surprised by that 12-year deal from the Dodgers? Yes. Seems very odd, right? Kind of yes, out of the nowhere. Time the, ti- the timing seems really odd, uh, especially when you think we were talking six weeks ago about how the Dodgers might have traded for Mookie Betts and he never play as a Dodger. 
And now he's yeah, like also, celebrating like that he'll get to finish his career as a Dodger. And 12 years is a long time. Yeah. Also, after the owners put up such a stink about money, and I've been hearing talk about next offseason, uh, there's going to be no money to spend on free agency ne- next offseason. Yeah, you blew that. And this guy signed the biggest contract in the history of baseball. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You blew whatever you were trying to control there because – you know uh, who's the next? I think it's George Springer's the next big outfielder that's uh, that's available this okay. offseason. And I think yeah, he's gonna want this type of money too. So yeah, good good yeah. job, owners. But it, it makes me happy that he's not with the Yankees or the Red Sox. Yeah, it's nice. Or in the AAL at all. So I'm happy he's on the West Coast on in the NL. That makes me happy. Yeah, I know, and I get it that. Mookie is one of the best players in baseball. So I can't fault him and this type of contract for him. But you like how you were saying, yeah, it's just a surprise with the time in, uh, especially with all the money arguing over the past three months. Yeah, it's, it's a bit odd, but good for him and good for him being. And I, I boss, there's some Boston fans who I think held out hope that the he would come back and sign with the Red Sox. So it oh, makes me happy that I love, their hopes were all crushed. I love Mookie sitting at the press conference talking about how it's a lifelong dream. He's always wanted to play in L.A. and to end his career here and this and that. And I'm like, players will say anything if you give them millions of dollars. Yeah, I was like, who is this talking, Mark Teixeira? <laughs> True. Right, right, right. All right, let's get at it. Time now for Bold Predictions. All right, where are we going to start with these predictions for the 2020 weird season? Um, I don't know. This is, this, I, I love doing these bold predictions, but it was, it's really hard this year. Even, even the numbers are hard this year. Um, yep. Like, because you have 60 games, so what does that mean for, like, the stats? Like, you're not going to say Chris Davis is going to hit 40 home runs. Like, no. So you're going to say Chris Davis is going to shock the world and hit 15 home runs. <laughs> like, what, what are you even and talking that, about? Exactly. And that's where I was at. So I went with, yeah. And I was trying to look that up. And I, if we want to talk Chris Davis home runs, I put down. I, I knew Chris that. Davis would be somewhere in your bowl prediction. So let's start there. He's not in mine. All right. Well, uh, all right. I'll go with my bowl prediction that Chris Davis will hit over 250 for the season. And he is going to hit 12 home runs. And I think that's a, I haven't done the math or how all that works out, but I think that'd be a pretty big comeback season for him after the crap that he's done. Yeah. All right. My first bull prediction then, that's a good bull prediction. I knew it would be Chris Davis. Let's get that one out of the way. My first bull prediction is about um, that you went with the old home run king. I'm going with the new home run king, the guy who's going to lead the Orioles this year in dongs. I'm not putting a number on it because the math confuses me, but he's going to lead the team in home runs. Do you know who I'm going with? Um, you are going with uh, Ryan Mountcastle and his four. Absolutely. Ryan Mountcastle is going to lead the Orioles in home runs this year, even though he's not even on the 30-man roster at this point. <laughs> exactly. I'm very distracted now because – the Nats-Yankees uh, game went to a rain delay, and they keep showing the sky and lightning, and all I really want to see is with social distancing, how many people does it take to get the tarp out? Like, does that uh, seem silly? Like, there's always, like, 50 guys pulling the tarp out, so I want to see, like, do they have all those guys, or is it two guys trying to 
trying to roll the tarp and cover the field. I'm very curious. But they're not showing it. They went to a commercial instead. All right, you want another bold prediction? My, yes. my bold prediction oh, is that DJ Stewart is a complete flop and does not finish the season with the team. I feel like that's kind of a Zany Burt Rohde type prediction, but I'm not feeling it for TJ yeah. Stewart this year. And I think that when you've got Ryan Mountcastle coming up that can do a lot of what DJ Stewart does, he might be gone. Mm. As in uh, sent packing to the Bowie practice field? Yeah, as in sent to the taxi squad, and then uh, who knows what will happen of him next year. So okay. I think I'm, I, my bold prediction is that your uh, pronouncement, that it's an important year for him, that he craps the bed. Okay. Well, I hope he doesn't because I'm, I'm a big DJ Stewart fan, friend of the show, DJ Stewart. Um, my, my, so if you want to talk about player movement, I'll go with my second prediction. This is player movement. Um, I think someone's going to be traded at the deadline. And it's not going to be Michael Gibbons. And it's not going to be Blar. Oz Cobb. Blar. It's Blair. not going to be Richard Blyer. Oh, that's my prediction. It's, he gets traded. All right, who are you my going with? Bold prediction. Nunez. Is it the trade deadline? Renato Nunez yeah, yeah, will can, be traded. I can see that. I like that. To make room at the DH spot for Ryan Mountcastle. Okay. That's, I hate that prediction because I hate the idea of bringing up a rookie to be your DH. Like, it just feels wrong to me. Well, well, I mean, I mean of the future. Like, I think Ryan Mackhouse is going to get some play in left field, but I think of the future. I know. I, like, that's looking what at I mean. next I hate year, that. I hate the idea of a rookie is your DH of the future. I, yeah. it's just it's annoying to me. I don't. Yeah, because like they're kind of supposed to be the old players who can't play the field anymore. Right, they're right. I want the uh, yeah, I want the David Ortiz, the Harold Baines, uh, Harold Baines in going into there. Yeah, the JD Martinez. Yeah, I get you. Or I, or I like I love the way. Uh, a lot of teams used, have used them in the past few years where there is no set DH, and that's a, kind of an off day, a refresh day. I love that spot for the DH. So I hate the yeah. idea of it's Ryan Mountcastle's the future DH of this team. Yeah, but I, I think even if it's not Ryan Mountcastle, even if you use it as a rotating uh, spot, I mean, I, I feel like we have too many Ryan Mountcastles, Trey Mancini's, like not great defensively kind of guys. And I feel like Nunez put up his big home run numbers, and if they can trade him, uh, I think they're going to jump. But it's a bold prediction. I don't think it's, it's bold. That's bold. All right, here's, bold a bold, here's a bold prediction for you. Yeah, I got one more. You All go right. ahead. I, I predict, my bold prediction is that at one part of this season, the Orioles are going to get hot, and they're going to win six games in a row. And mm, we're gonna, at the 10th of their season. Yeah, it's the 10th of the season. I'm not saying they're going to do well the retire season, but they're going to get hot for a week. And then win six games in a row, which is something I don't think the Orioles have done in a long, long time. Even when the Orioles were good, they never really won that many in a row. So I'm thinking they're going to win two series, two, three series, six games in a row. And we're going to be like, hey, maybe we can get excited about these birds, especially if it's early in the season. Well, and not to give away my win total for the season, but that would mean they're winning pretty much half the games in the entire season in one week. So that'd be pretty wild. Hey, I had to go bold. Yeah. Uh, my last bold prediction is I think it's going to be, I just, I, I talk about those, 
those starters and Malone, 33, Cobb, 32 with an injury history, LeBlanc, Wojciechowski, John Means talking dead arm. I think we're going to see, this is my bold prediction, we have 60 games. I think we're going to see 15 different starters in these 60 games. <laughs> 15 different starters in 60 All right. games. All right, so that would mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> I can see that. Um, do, you, do you know how many I starters? Know. I just looked at it. Do you know how many, how many guys we had start a baseball game for us last year? 20. It was for us 18. 18, over 162. 18 guys. You, you think, yeah, you think with 100 less games, we're going to still get close to that number. Yeah, I think there are going to be issues with pitch count injuries more than usual this year. So I think we're going to also try like just nonsense opener stuff since we have a bigger roster. So I could see a couple opener situations. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm going with 15 different starters over 60 games. All right. As my, as my last bold prediction. As a tarp update, I did not see the guys roll out the tarp, but I see the tarp now on the field, and it is the worst laid tarp I have ever seen in Major League Baseball. It's hard so, to lay a tarp when you're socially distanced. So I'm guessing there were less people. There are air bubbles all throughout the tarp, and we'll see if it does any good keeping the field dry. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's get to – let's stick with the Orioles a little bit, and let's go with win totals. So, Matt, Orioles, big season. Adley Rushman can come up if they're making a run for the playoffs, expanded playoffs this year. What do you have them at for your win total? Well, we're playing the AL East and the NL East, the two best divisions in baseball. Yeah, but no travel, um, no West Coast, no, no night games, no, no staying up to 10 o'clock. I mean, come on, it's sounding pretty good. Yeah, even our away Toronto games might be home games. Um, but the, the way I see it, when you look at the Ravens' schedule, remember we talked about this? Like, we conceive the Ravens going 16-0 and against their opponents. Yes. I could conceive the Orioles going 0-60 based on their opponents. Um, I think they're going to luck into a few games. So I'm putting the win total at 15, 15-45. For Orioles, bottom Orioles. All right. I'm a little more positive than you. I went through and circled uh, games I thought they could win, including that six-game stretch I'm excited about where they're going to win six games in a row. Yeah. And I am getting the Orioles up to a surprising total of 23 wins. Ooh, shocking the baseball world. Yeah, shocking the baseball world by doing exactly about the same average as last year. Yeah, and I guess we, we, we should say that the Vegas odds put them at 20 wins. Right. Um, it's an interesting debate, I think. And we're running along with this podcast. It's okay. I don't care. It's an interesting debate whether the team is worse or better than this year. Like, like Do you think, Josh, we are a better team than we were last year? Or are we worse than we were last year? No, I believe that last year was rock bottom. That last okay. year was this team doing the worst. And it's all uphill, at least from here. It might be a slowly uphill this year. But it's uphill. I think last year was there was a whole lot of crap, and uh, that was rock bottom. Mm. Um, okay, so you, so uh, you think when um, Chris Davis took a swing at Brandon Hyde last year that that was the the low that was the rock bottom point? Uh, yeah, I'll have to think about it. But that um, I believe so. Yeah, I'll go. I'll do that. Yeah, I mean, I could argue. I think rather convincingly. Um, that we traded away Dylan Bundy um, this offseason, which sounds like years ago, but it was just this offseason. Um, we traded away Jonathan VR. Okay. We trade Mancini. Like our two best position players, Mancini and Villar, are both gone. Mancini okay. due to cancer. Yeah. 
Bilar due to being traded away. But all this Where stuff. Dylan Bunny's gone. All this stuff was way before summer camp, so I don't count it as this year. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was it's different from last year's team. Um, so with that in mind, um, now we do have Alex Cobb coming back off injury. Um, we also have Austin Hayes here. We have Jose Iglesias, a much improvement over Richie Martin. A, 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 um, Ryan Mathcast is going to be here. A much improved Chris Davis. <laughs> yeah. If Chris Davis is much improved, that would certainly... My 15-game win total assumes Chris Davis will be how he was last year. And, oh, and the yes. year before that. Oh, and the year before that. Yes. And my 23 believes in uh, the, inner, the inner power of Chris Davis. Whatever yeah. that means. I think we're, uh, I think we're about, yeah, I mean, his, his outward power, right? That he's actually that, gotten a yeah. lot physically stronger think, for this I year. I think the fact that he can't chew tobacco this year is going to help him to come back. Yeah. Um, but, but, but no, like, I think it's interesting to think, are we worse than Brandon? I think next year, we will clearly be better than we have been the past two years. Yes. I think next year, you just look a full-year Ryan Mackhouse, a, year, a, a full-year Austin Hayes, Dean Kramer, um, Keegan Aiken. At some point, maybe uh, you get Adley Rushman. Um, like, I think you could, could look at down at next year and say, yeah, we're, we're going to be better next year. But this year, I think we're about the same that we were last year. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm just going with, uh, I think we're a little bit worse with, without Dylan Bunny, Tramantini, and Donovan VR. Um, so that's, why, that's how I get to that, that 15 number. Okay. Um, uh, Orioles, most valuable Oriole, MB, MBO. I am, who you got, Josh? I, I think we might have the same guy here. Austin Hayes? That's who I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin Hayes. Um, uh, what, was our, what was the nickname for Austin Hayes from last week? Oh, um, um, Glove Man? Glove Man, yeah. Yeah, Glove Man. Yeah, so Glove Man takes it this year and becomes the uh, face of the organization. All right. Um, what picture with the most wins? Alex Cobb. Because okay. I, mean, I, I had John Means, but now with the whole arm fatigue, I'm very nervous to choose John Means. So I'm going with yeah. Alex Cobb. Where are you at? Well, I, I shared before, I think we're going to have 15 different starting pitchers. Oh, yeah. So I'm going, I'm going a little bit different here. I think Richard Blyer is going to lead the team in wins. Not, not, a, bad, not a bad choice. That's, that's talking some late in and uh, comeback he'll pitch in cl- I assume like he's one of the veteran bullpens guys, so I, he'll pitch in close games. So maybe he'll um, vulture a few wins out there. And by most wins by a pitcher, I'm talking like four. <laughs> four or oh, five. yeah, yeah. It's a very low yeah. number. Yeah, I think Richard Blyer will win three. I think that's, right. that's, that's the, it. That's three. the number. I mean, we're only going to win 15 games in my prediction, so I think three <laughs> will, will be the most wins. Right. Um, I right. already shared, but you can share. I already shared Ryan Mountcastle. Who, 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 who do you think will lead the team in home runs? Oh, Crush. I, I believe Crush is back. Okay. Remember, I gave Crush, what did I give him? 13 home runs? 12, yeah. 13 home runs? That's going to definitely lead the team. I think, that, right. I think that projects to like 30 home runs in a regular season, 35 home runs, something like that. So, I yeah. mean, Newton, Newton, Nunez last year in the mid-30s, so I think he's going to be Yeah, he could be up there. But again, I'm going with Davis because uh, I need for myself for <laughs> Davis to come back to normal this season so i'm gonna stick with that all right so let's get into some nerd stats we don't hey nerds we love you we don't forget about you we know you watch baseball from your parents basement and we still care about you even if you're obsessed with the nerd stats 
So let's get a couple of nerd prediction. Um, I looked this up. Oh, I need to pull Woozle it back Wuzzle? up. Yeah. Who do you think, Josh, will lead in Woozle Wuzzle this year for the Orioles? Well, what's our definition of Woozle Wuzzle? Could you remind <laughs> the listener? Bert's not here to explain <laughs> what Woozle Wuzzle is. <laughs> okay. And I believe Woozle Wuzzle, would, the leader would be um, Anthony Santander. All right, fine. Who do you have um, for Woozle Wuzzle? <laughs> well, and Bert can have to come in here and determine it. I actually think it's going to be... Um, I actually think it's going to be Francisco. Actually, I take that back. Woozle Wuzzle is definitely Hanser Alberto's section. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Hanser, Hanser Alberto's already won right. Woozle Wuzzle. Yeah, so I'll stick yeah, with him. All. all right, so you got some real nerd stats you want to go through? Yeah, and I'm trying to pull up now. Um, computer being slow. I'm trying to pull up Baseball Savant because they have a good list of this. Um, but it doesn't matter. Our prediction for... Um, exit velocity, right? How hard the ball leaves the bat. Who do you think will have will come in first for for average exit velocity this year for the Orioles? I am going to give that. Uh, I'm going to give it to your boy Ryan Mountcastle. Oh, I think it's a good pick. I like that pick. I think uh, he's got some power. Now, now, if the Orioles make some late move and bring Puig in after his quarantine, maybe I can move <laughs> it over. But I'm going to go with, as the roster is now, Ryan Mountcastle. You got someone else? Well, um, last year, if I can call him stats from, from last year, somewhat of a small sample size, but last year, in 75 plate appearances, the leader of exit velocity was Austin Hayes. So I'm going to go with Austin Hayes again. Um, I heard like even with his singles, like his singles go like 100 miles per hour. Like he doesn't hits the ball hard. Um, last year, also Trey Mancini was second in in, in exit velocity for the Orioles. Um, Renato Nunez was next. Santander was next, um, and then Francisco and Chris Davis. Um, Ryan Mackhouse was not on the list because he wasn't with the Orioles last year. Um, so I'm going with Austin Hayes for exit velocity. All right. That works. And that would also, if he's the NBO, he's probably going to be hitting the ball really hard. All right. Sure. Um, um, last nerd stat, or no, two more nerd stats. Woba. Woba, which is like, I don't know. Wins, what, 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 uh, wins what above replacement? No, no, <laughs> no. 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 If, you, if you want to whoa, do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, wins above replacement. Uh, no, Woba stands for weighted on base Weighted percentage. on base. There we go. Yeah, so it's like. Yeah, it's supposed to like the true batting average that the, the nerds would say. Like, like um, it's designed to measure how good of an offensive hitter that player really is. Right, well, um, right. It's supposed to take the uh, shift out of out of the game and stuff. Yeah, so a lot of people compare like the woba, kind of what they should have had with their batting average, um, to to kind of see how good they are. But, right. but yeah, so it, this is essentially asking who do you think is going to have the best hitting performance. Um, who's going to be the, the, the leader in Woba this year? I am going to – I mean, it's, it's hard when we've already talked about Austin Hayes as the MVO, so it's hard not to pick him. But I will – instead, I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with Inglacia. Okay. That's an interesting pick. I mean, if you look at, again, last year, um, Austin Hayes was first in his small sample size with Woba. Then it was Trey Mancini and MB, Bilar. Um, Trey Mancini actually had a 373 Woba, which is insane. Okay. 
Um, Villar was at 335. Where was Davis? Uh, Davis? <laughs> yeah, where was Davis and his Woba? Yeah, you got to scroll way to the bottom. His Woba was 263. Okay. And it's actually, his is in, um, I'm looking at uh, baseballsavant.com. Yeah. And some of the stats are in purple. Like, only a couple stats are in purple, right? Okay. So Chris Davis' Woba, 263 is in purple. Like, oh, that's interesting. So let me scroll over the purple. Do you know what the purple says? Below average? Bottom 1% of the league. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and All so right. Chris Davis has a couple purple stats. All right. Purple Davis. All right. You got another nerd stat for us? Uh, yeah, one more. FIP, which stands for Field uh, fielding independent, picture, pitching. independent pitching. So it's kind of like, like ERA, but, but like for, 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 for get all the, all the fielders, um, like who actually pitched the, the, the best um, if there were perfect fielders and, and no one made mistakes yep. and everyone got to every ball they should have, like who, um, who put up the best FIP? All right, I got mine. I'm going with Richard Blyer. Mm, shoot. Was we that should your have guy? Been different. That was my guy too. I can I can be different for the sake of being different. I can go with Tanner Scott or something. Right. But yeah, yeah, I think Richard Blyer. That's who I got. Richard Blyer is my favorite guy in the bullpen. I loved the story of him working out in the Fight Club uh, quarantine edition down in uh, Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, wherever it was, and him talking about how uh, Paul Goldsmith, I believe it was, was telling him stuff that he's never heard before that he's been able to adapt. I loved when he, he looked so good when he came in on Sunday and pitched an inning. So I'm all excited about uh, Richard Blower this year. Yeah, I'm excited too. He's kind of that, that veteran guy that's been, been around for a while. Um, a bit and of kind of up and down the past couple of years. I think a lot of that is, was due to injury. And it's one of those guys that kind of confounds other people, the fact that he's always able to get players out. Um, but he was... I mean, if, if, if you go back and look at his stats from, like, 2017, um, I mean, he was, he was great with an ERA under two and 2018, an ERA under two. And then 2019 last year, I think because of injuries and stuff, and maybe overuse, I don't know, but the wheels kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. So I expect him to go back to the year before and have a really kind of a low ERA and, um, and get the job done. So, yeah, so. Yep, that's where I'm at. And be that veteran leader in the bullpen with a lot of young Young, hard-throwing guys. He's kind of a soft-tossing lefty veteran. Right, so, yeah, right. I'm with you there. All right. Um, final predictions. What's your World Series matchup? Yeah, I'm, I think people are really sleeping on. It's not the Orioles. That's not my prediction. Get oh, out of man. here with that nonsense. Uh, Chris Davis I, is Adley, not back. Adley was packing his bags. Yeah. Um, no, no. So I'm going with the Nats again. I think people are sleeping on the Nats. I know they lost Anthony Rondon, but they still have that same, um, the same starters coming back, which led them there. Um, I'm a little concerned about the Juan Soto news. I wrote my predictions before Juan Soto. That has me a little concerned. Um, and for the American League, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays. I think they always kind of get close enough, but then something happens. I think it's a 60-game season. They're going to be able to get over the hump, and I'm not going to pick the Yankees. Yeah. So I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays and the... Washington Nationals. Uh, yeah. All right. You can stick with the Nats. I totally disagree but on your predictions, but on similar ways. Um, I saw, you know, uh, a friend of mine, Chad Dukes, that does the radio in D.C. I saw today yes. he received his Nationals World Series ring with his name in it as if he was a member of the team. 
as a gift from the Nationals. And I don't think I've ever been jealous for something as much as receiving a World Series ring for covering the team. What did Chad Dukes do to cover the team? Like, what did he have to do to get that ring? He had to talk about sports on the radio every day. Okay. You know, like, basically, I saw that, and I was like, hey, Orioles, one day when we need uh, get the World Series, I need you to send me a ring. I mean, I know I'm not on Are you aware of Josh's three to six dailies? Exactly, exactly. I have, <laughs> Matt, we have three years that we have to get the attention of the Orioles so that we can get a ring sent to us that has our name in the, yeah. in the diamonds because I am extremely jealous. But my World Series predictions, same thought process. of I wanted to pick teams that were on the, uh, were on the come up and also have gotten close before and I needed something like a weird season to get them over the hump. So I don't think it's going to be the Yankees, the Dodgers, because those teams that everyone says are the best teams, something always goes wrong and they don't make it. So yeah, I, and it's going to be a weird year because it's 20. Right. 20. Right. So I think this is the year that the Atlanta Braves finally get in there and make it because they get to beat up on teams like us this well, year. I like that. And then I am going with the Minnesota, yeah, good pick. Minnesota Twins as the American League team. Another good pick. And, and a fun World Series because it's, it's teams with that the Twins. Where is Jonathan Scope nowadays? I, I believe he's with the Twins. I got to reacquaint myself to where all these players are because offseason was like 10 years ago. Do you know where Scope is? I just looked it up. He's actually with the Tigers. He okay. was with the Twins last year. I don't know. I know yeah. Joey Rickert's with the Giants because I saw that today when I was playing FanDuel. I didn't realize that. Um, Joey Rickert is with the Giants? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Is he, he's sharing time with Mike Yastrzemski out there? I guess so. Yeah, they're both out there. Um, I, and you know what? When the uh, Braves finally go to the World Series this year and win the World Series, I am going to feel really bad for Nick Marcakis. As he is sitting at home. <laughs> that would suck for him. That would suck for him really bad. So, all right. Yeah. You ready to get out of here as it is pouring in D.C.? Yeah, and we've gone over an hour. We're over time here. Yeah. Overtime bonus content for our sportcasters. Yeah. We should remind people. There was no locker room tonight, was there? No locker room tonight, no. We, uh, today, yesterday's show that didn't air was a test on locker room. And tonight's show that I assume you will be listening to is a test on sportscaster, which is a video live stream stuff. So if we want to do more live stream stuff, we might be going in one of these directions. So, let us know if you want to join us live with either video or uh, audio and what your preference is with all of that so we know uh, kind of what you guys want and expect out of Section 336 this summer now that baseball season's here. Let me ask you a question now that we're done. Yeah. This sportscaster, is this, is this like live video? Can, can, can they see the video? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can see you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. would have put on some Oreos gear. Well, I would have done face. I would have put on makeup. I would have. I would have gone in the makeup room. And See, I was put on some makeup. I was just laughing at the fact that you got a haircut. So now, and we both are wearing glasses, so we kind of look very similar now on Sportscaster with the mm. with the side by side. I know. I would have grown back my hair if I knew we were going live. We got the same hair. It's too hot to have that long hair. I had to shave it all off. I know. I. That's why yeah. I don't have a beard or anything down here. It's too hot down here. So. But uh, yeah, so yeah. this was a video. Locker room is audio only. So let us know what you guys want this summer. I'm, I'm pumped, Josh. I am so excited. I was playing the, the, the show today. 
for oh, the first time in like a month. I started playing this um, week too. I'm pumped for opening day. I'm pumped for opening day, man. I'm pumped for tomorrow. Any I'm chance, excited. All right. Any chance they open Camden Yards up to fans before the end of the season? What do you think? Man. I've got, I, you know, if you asked me two weeks ago, I, I, I would say yes, they are. But now I feel like people are – it's just weird. It's weird. So I think they could do it safely, but I don't think they are. I know. And I think they're going to be overly precautious. That's where I hope sports coming back kind of helps with that move. Because I still have a Southwest credit from opening day back in end of March to come home. And I am saving vacation time and everything during all this so that as soon as they let fans back in Camden Yards, I can fly up there and we can go to the game. So I just need the Orioles to open it up. Or at least open up Section 336 and let us to go sit up there. And that'll be fine with me. You don't need to open it up to the public. Just open it up to us. Yeah, I guess you're, you're too late in booking your room at the Hilton. Heard that thing float up pretty fast. Yeah, and probably by scalpers that would probably try to resell it if I know how baseball uh, tickets work. Yeah. But I think if they don't open the games to, to fans now, it's like school. They've, they've done virtual for all the schools. And they're like, we're going to reevaluate in October. It's like, guys, if you don't open up schools in August, there's no way you're going to open them up in October. And that's yeah. what I feel like well, with, with, um, with, with the games, too. If you don't open it to fans now in the summer, come the fall when it gets colder, people say like, the coronavirus might get worse. Like, they're not going to do it. Schools will open Numbers up. will just get bigger. Schools will open up in November. You think so? Yeah, like November 10th. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like no, no, November 4th to be exact, <laughs> was, right? So, yeah, yeah, November 4th. So I was talking to, uh, I was talking to someone this weekend, and, you know, Florida's, Florida's all blown up, and it's all over the news, and, you know, Florida is, like, the worst place on earth right now, according to the news. Yeah, and, except for, and Josh is searching all social media sites as Florida's kind of one waving the flag of Florida defending Florida wherever he goes. So That's I was, Josh. I was yeah. talking. I was, like he's a native of Florida. Like he's lived there for 10 generations. I was, I was talking with someone in Florida that I trust and a friend that, um, and he goes, says, he was making a comment to me on Sunday and he said, you know, my father-in-law works for the Florida Department of Health down in Miami and he's in charge of overseeing all the coronavirus tests. And I said, oh, that's really interesting. And he said, he said yeah, what's weird and what he told me is weird is that they're down there doing all this testing and they've already been told that, that November 10th will be their last day of testing and we won't be, need to do any more testing after November 10th. I'm just like, oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. Because the coronavirus will be gone by then because... Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just thought that was funny. It's That's like, good timing for the coronavirus right, to end. Right, I'm sure it has nothing to do about a six-month contract or something and how government works. I'm sure it's just, oh, yeah, it's going to end November 4th. So that'll give you a week to if pack the, up. If the whole coronavirus was just one big political step by the Democrats, that would be, I would become a Democrat for life. This would be the greatest political stunt in the history of the universe. Like, that would be so impressive. <laughs> if it disappeared or, like, yeah. Or, yeah, like, the, <laughs> November 4th. If Joe Biden's elected, then all of a sudden you wake up and Joe Biden's president, and he's like, it's done. <laughs> coronavirus is over. Right, right. We survived. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be it. Would be brilliant, right? I'd uh, be Democrat. That's when you pull out the mission accomplished banner. Yeah, <laughs> it's all whatever it takes to defeat Trump, right? Whatever it takes to defeat Trump. If you got right. to, to, to come up with the coronavirus, people, to defeat Trump, whatever it takes. Right. 
All right, to let's, defeat Trump. Let's yeah. get out of here. We got to wrap up. You should edit out this last 30 minutes of conversation. My bad. I mentioned the schools and got to start on that. Um, thanks for listening. Check us out. Uh, you can follow us all season long. At the start of the season, you're all 60 games long for us tweeting about games. You can follow us on Twitter. Also, look for our, you know, join us here on Sportscaster and whatever else beta thing Josh finds next. Yeah, follow on You can Twitter. follow Josh on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter for all that info about which direction we're going and what we're testing out. As uh, it's a season that Major League Baseball is testing things, and so is Section 336. Yeah, well, we're the next generation of Bottom of Sports Talk. We're on the cutting edge. And just wait for two weeks for everybody else, all other Bottom of Sports podcasts. To do what we're doing now, because that's going to happen too. <laughs> Been there, done so, that. So be ready for that. Yeah, don't yeah. worry, guys. We're talking about the players that'll be around in 2023. Section 336 will still be around in 2023. Absolutely. You can follow the show on Twitter at Section 336 Show. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. You can follow me on Twitter at Section 336. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.